Happy Friday, everybody. Here's what we got on deck today. We got Saturday college game previews, a recap of last night's Queen City showdown between the Bengals and the Ravens, Sunday NFL game previews, and the latest headlines in sports, including Jalen Ramsey's mouth running, Russell Westbrook's knee surgery, and the Steelers' locker room turmoil. More headlines as well on Talk is Okalo today. Make sure you guys follow me at Twitter, Talk is Okalo, for any topics that you guys want to suggest. Or um, to get your questions answered, make sure that you use the hashtag OKAsk. And also download Acre. It's a great app. I can also uh, hear your voice messages when you guys record and hear your applauses. Make sure that you guys do that with my guest today, of course, Ryan Marcus on the show. Enjoy the pod, everybody. Let's get it on. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard there was the highlight reel, highlight remix by yours truly for the Thursday night showdown between the Bengals and the Ravens. It's good to feel 1-0 for the start of week one. It was just a game where the Bengals started early and the Ravens just could not stop it, even when they tried. That amazing revamp defense by Cincinnati just showed out that Joe Flacco isn't the elite quarterback that he is, and it made 
everything so easy for Cincinnati. They're now 2-0 for the first time since 2013. And right now they have full-fledged force over the AFC North, which definitely makes me a little sad. But hopefully the Steelers can reclaim it if we hopefully get this thing done against Kansas City. But I'm going to discuss this game and, of course, the predictions with the Steelers game. And so much more today with my guest who's highly in it to win it as well. A man who beats me all the time in predicting games. Uh, he's <laughs> taken, I think, a little mojo off of Mark. But hopefully I'll rake it out with being on this platform. He knows sports as well as I do. In addition, I'm hoping that things will change. And we're going to create some awesome heat today, and I'm looking forward to it. Big listener and big supporter of my show as well. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, glorified Miami Dolphin, Hurricane, big Miami fan, a Dan Levitard-esque midget um, <laughs> man that would be proud, Ryan Marcus. Ryan, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. No problem. So before we begin the talk about Thursday night's game, I wanted to give you this, and I wanted my audience to hear this. Uh, in addition to the new audio that we got with my bland, brand new uh, Yeti mic, this what I have in my hand is <laughs> what I owed you for eight months my from money. the national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, I pay my debts. And I'm hopefully this season things will change with Georgia reclaiming the natty and um, hopefully Alabama not being in the college football <laughs> playoff at all. They actually broke a record. Uh, they passed Ohio State for most weeks, number one at the um, AP Top 25 polls, so. Not surprised. Ugh, kudos to the Alabama Crimson Tide, but hopefully things are gonna change uh, with um, what we're gonna talk about today and just overall with him being on the show. Ryan, let's kick it off. Thursday night between the Bengals and the Ravens. What a, what a game it was. Andy Dalton came out like a stud, played phenomenally. He had 256 passing yards, a high fit over 50% completion rating, four touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of 107.7. A.J. Green had a hat trick early on in the first half, and the Ravens look like the Ravens that just continually has problems. It sees though they couldn't get over Week 17 last year. Yeah, uh, it's pretty simple. You know, the, Ra the Ravens came out flat. The Bengals didn't. Uh, in the NFL, if you go down 21-0, uh, it's very hard to come back from that in this business. Um, you know, you just can't come out as flat as the Ravens did. They fought back for a little bit, made the game a little interesting, but they didn't have enough at the end. Joe Flacco really didn't play his best. I feel like they still thought they were playing the Bills when they won 47-3 to last week. <laughs> yeah, I'll admit there was just something different, but I think that you can't really blame the Ravens as much for this game as you can with Cincinnati's offense. Since Bill Lazor, your ex-offensive um, coordinator for the Dolphins, took over, Cincinnati has really improved their offensive game, and it took off last night. They scored two 30-plus point games, and they're off to their best start since, two, since five years ago, 2013. That same year, they won the AFC North. First off, do you think that it's a possibility the Bengals could have this division now with the way that the AFC North looks as it could be wide open for them? Uh, it You could say it's wide open. It's still early in the season, but I, I don't see them at the end uh, leading the division. I still see the Steelers and the Ravens as overall better teams. Uh, I really don't see the Bengals there when we get to week 16, 17. They're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team like they usually are. Uh, people really forget about how good A.J. Green is, you know, which is why their offense has been better. Well, I think it's because of the injuries that he's dealt with yes. over the past two seasons yes. and the inefficiency of the offense. But, you know, like I said, Bill Lazor has really changed everything. Joe Mixon is showing off like yeah. an elite Some runner. good young players. You know, yeah. Tyler Boyd, they're really spreading the offense around. They're making Andy Dalton look like the Andy Dalton who was a budding MVP yeah. candidate back in 2015. 
you know, it's weird for me to talk highly about this team, mm-hmm. especially to the fact that I'm the fan of the division mm-hmm. rival Steelers. But, you know, I feel even just like how you say AJ Green, I think the AFC North doesn't get as much credit as it does being one of the toughest and one of the best divisions yeah. in football. So I got to represent for my division because, you know, it's yeah. one of the best. Every year, you're always going to hear something with our division. Of course, I'll mention the Steelers locker room turmoil. Other than A.J. Green and Andy Dalton's phenomenal game, who else impressed you on Thursday night? Uh, Thursday night, who else impressed me? Let's see. Can't really give any idea. I'll give you a guy that I was really impressed with. I say it's Joe Mixon. You know, last night yeah. he was going against a really tough Ravens defense, but he still put up 84 yards. He was still pretty efficient in the passing game. And How about he, Tyler Boyd? You know, this Tyler second Boyd, yeah, he had a year, touchdown. Uh, the third-year wideout from Pittsburgh, you know, has really shown to be a bust. But really, Bill Lazor is getting out him more in the flat. Even though A.J. Green had the night of the night and led the Bengals in receiving yards, he was second overall with uh, six receptions, 91 yards, 91 yards, and a touchdown. He's he's really good. I think his his yeah. fantasy prowess is good, and overall, he's starting to become that budding number two that the Bengals drafted. Agreed. Tyler Boyd is a good, solid young receiver. Uh, he shows promise, and yeah, I agree with Joe Mixon as well. Um, he's going to be an every down bell cow back one day. He's got what it takes to be in this league. Uh, he had a little, a couple off the field problems early in his career at Oklahoma, uh, but he's definitely got what it takes to be in this league. No, trust me. I just said you give you just give him a little time because last year's struggles will definitely fall over. He was my prediction to have a better offensive season than Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott. I know Maurice Jones-Drew said that as well, but it's just amazing um, how great that he's played so far. Yeah. He he needs to get me a, a hundred yards rushing in fantasy. So Joe Mixon, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm expecting a little bit better. Uh, for the Ravens, it was just another poor night yeah. for Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes everybody go from the high mountain that he was to, once again, oh, it's Joe Fluco, as, yeah. as he's normally mm-hmm. known as. But, Ryan, overall, do you, with Lamar Jackson last night, the Ravens got him in a few snaps. Mm-hmm. You know, there were definitely some plays Joe couldn't make. He had a numerous amount of turnovers mm-hmm. last night, and – do you really put the loss on his fault, or do you think the Ravens' defense has a little bit? Are we talking just Joe Flacco? or We're just talking the Ravens no. overall. Uh, the Ra- I don't put it all on Joe Flacco. He didn't look too hot last night. But like I keep coming back to, the Ravens came out so flat last night. The defense looked awful. A.J. Green, the touchdowns he scored, yes, he's A.J. Green, and he's going to score touchdowns like that. But if you really watch them, the Ravens, weren't play- they just weren't playing great defense on him. They weren't getting in his face. They were just kind of letting him catch the ball. Um, everybody on the Ravens came out flat to me, offense, defense. Uh, and that's why they got in that 21-0 hole. Um, you know, they, like I said, when the game got, you know, more into it, they started coming back. They started playing a little better, but it was just too late at that point. Their def- their offense, I'll say this, even though Joe Flacco put up what would seem good numbers mm-hmm. with uh, 376 pass yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. two interceptions. Two of them, the first one that he threw on, on the first quarter, that was just a weird one. And then I'll, I'll admit the second one, I really thought that he just floated it up in the air, but you got to give credit. Carlos Dunlap got in his face yeah. on that third down, swatted the mm-hmm. ball out of his hands, and you could just see the reaction last night with the camera faces. You could just see the yeah. dejection and see the yeah. just the he, disgust he, in his performance. He really didn't look like he, he had it last night. I know that ball got tipped too, but there were even a couple other throws that should have been intercepted, throwing it way up in the middle of the field, lobbing it up there. Uh, he just he didn't really bring it last night. Like I said, I feel like they still thought they were playing the Bills. Uh, winning 47 to three and this is a completely different team completely different monster 
So, like I mentioned, though, Cincinnati, they, they're 2-0. Last time they did it, they made the playoffs. They won the AFC North. It's a pressure-type year for them with uh, Marvin Lewis. He has one-year mm-hmm. deal. You, you know, a lot of people thought, including myself last year, that he would be gone as the Bengals head coach. It looks like another last chancery type for the Bengals. You may not see them in the playoffs, but do you think with the way that the AFC overall outlook is that they could maybe slip in as a wildcard team? They can, they can, they have to play their cards right though. These type of game, these are the type of games uh, they have to win. They can't be getting into these close games, and you know the Andy Dalton effect. I like to call it. Sometimes he just does not show up for those big games. Uh, he has to this year. Marvin Lewis, he's lost his last seven playoff appearances. He's made the uh, seven playoff appearances with the Bengals. He's, he's not lost, even won one of them. He's lost all seven. Well, for one of the longest tenured head coaches, that's very baffling. Yeah, that you haven't won a playoff so, game. Yet. So, so for me, okay, though, it's not even about if they squeeze into the playoff. He needs to win one. He needs to if it he is. doesn't win one, it's just another 0 and 8. He goes to 0 and 8. He, he needs to win a playoff game for me to have a the little Bengals bit of respect. Will then continue their drought. As of right now, they're one of the teams that have the longest playoff droughts in NFL history. It's been 27 yeah. years since they last won a playoff game. Don't don't get me wrong. They look they look decent right now. It's still early in the season. Now we've seen before, okay, low. You know, they start off kind of hot, you know, 5 and 1, 6 and 1, 4 and 1. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the way that they that they've done it in the previous years under the red rifle, I, I said not only in terms of fantasy, I saw Andy Dalton bouncing back this year. Yeah, I just said you get the Bengals healthy. Their offensive line. Yeah. Can I just say this? How good is their offensive line? They have a they're big. They are very big. I thought them losing Andrew Whitworth was going to hurt them, but they found some guys on that offensive line that are creating the holes. They're mm-hmm. creating the pass separation for Andy Dalton. And of course, you still have on that defense a dangerous Draker, Patrick, yes. Geno Atkins, Carlos, Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap. They're still, I think, a good team. Like I, I said, if they play their cards right, they can do something. But it's just when you said the fact that you know, he that that the Bengals are iffy there. I just think that the Steelers tied with Cleveland back in week one yeah. will be the difference maker. That's why I kind of see Cincinnati really being the division sort of wide open okay. a little more because of the fact of that, that and remember it'll be a few weeks when when this when the Bengals play the Steelers uh, mm-hmm. when they come to town. Yeah. So you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Cordy Glenn, of course, coming over in the trade from the Bills, he's really added some depth to it. I, I really do see Cincinnati, if not taking the North, it's gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna have two AFC North wild. That sounds like a hot take, Okalo. I, 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 you're going against your Steelers a little bit. Well, I, I say this. I'm just saying this. The AFC North to me this year will come down to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I thought it was okay. originally Baltimore and Pittsburgh, like it has been over the last two seasons. But with the way that this Bengals team has been improving. I, I got to give the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Like I said, I don't like to speak highly of a division rival. Still early. Still but early. When, but when it comes to talking about the best division in football and people berating Andy Dalton as a quarterback, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty decent. He's a decent quarterback. 15, He'll always be a decent quarterback. Into the top 10. You know, he, he's been what most people like to call a quarterback tease. But I think that he, he will this year. He, he fits in the Bill Lazor system yes. pretty perfectly. He's always been a decent quarterback. He's not, you know, he's not one of those guys you're going to throw out there like Nathan Peterman uh, and he's just going <laughs> to stink up the joint. But then again, he's also not one of those top-tier quarterbacks where you can, you know, always count on him late in games. Okay, let's give, let's put the ball in Andy Dalton's hand. He's going to get it done for us. That does not always happen. We've seen it time and time. Uh, maybe things are different this year for the Bengals. Like you said, maybe they do have some type of, you know, resurgence as far as a playoff run. But um, for me, I still, I still at the end, I know it's early, 
uh, and the Steelers didn't look too hot. But even with all this Le'Veon Bell stuff, I still see the Steelers and the Ravens uh, fighting for the mix. Now, the Ravens, the Bengals will give the Ravens a run for their money. I don't think the Bengals will give the Steelers so a run for their money. It'll come down to maybe a battle of the second best team in the AFC North yeah. for that last Yeah, part Ravens or Bengals will be the set. I think the Steelers still hold that best Unless spot. Unless they fix that offensive line. Yeah, they, they really gave our boy Alex a, a tough yeah. time. Um, yesterday, I mean, he only had, I think, a few carries. He did work off some few great runs, but mm -hmm. you got to give credit where credit is due, and that's yeah. Cincinnati thing. I just wanted to mention real quick a tweet that our boy Rickerson sent out uh, at one Rick. He said, Joe Mixon has Pro Bowl talent. He can rush between the tackles, has great blocking skills, and can catch out of the backfield. He's a lady on Bell in Cincinnati, and I tweeted out he's still got some growth to do, but I think Joe Mixon overall has really improved his game yeah. from, from his rookie season. I, it's too early. Don't Rickerson, don't put that much faith in yeah, Joseph you know, Mixon yet. He's saying Le'Veon the way Bell they use him. He's is, saying the way they use him is like a Le'Veon Bell. And yeah. then, of course, using Giovanni Bernard yeah. in third down type mm -hmm. situations in the flex back. So, overall, that's what we got started with, ladies and gentlemen. Great week so far. I'm 1 0. I'm starting off good in my fantasy team, uh, having Joe Mixon on my team. AJ um, Green got me three touchdowns last night. I'm happy. Of course, I was tweeting out how much uh, fantasy owners were reveling in Adriel Jeremiah Green <laughs> scoring the points. And to any fantasy owner who listened to my pod on Wednesday with Mike, I want to say that I'm sorry for le for saying that you bench Andy Dalton and, of course, tweeting it out. And as I mentioned, Andy Dalton, I hope you maybe re-like my tweet or something. <laughs> but I'm trusting in you. And it's weird that I contradict myself for a guy that I felt was going to be a sleeper this year. You know, I really thought that Ravens defense was tough, mm -hmm. but that's what I'm saying. Okay, not tough enough. They, that's why I said they came out completely flat last night. I was expecting the Ravens to really, uh, their defense looks good on paper. They really do, and they came out and the Bengals bullied them last night. I think they just got lucky off of the one week that was Nathan Peterman. I, I kind of agree. Let's see, let's see if they can uh, tighten up the defense next week. Looking ahead, though, when the Bengals travel to Carolina to face the Panthers and the Ravens are at home facing the Broncos. What are our outlooks maybe for week three ahead? As far as what teams did you say? The Bengals um, playing the uh, Panthers on the road in Carolina and then the Ravens being at home against the Broncos. How do you maybe see both these teams playing out into next week? Bengals on the road in Carolina, going to be a tough matchup. Andy Dalton's going to show up. He's got to show battle up. Battle the 2011 draft yeah. class quarterbacks. Yeah, and I, you know, Cam Newton wins that for me every time. Well, that's the last time these two teams played, and we'll round it out in a tie. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe just to help the Steelers a little mm -hmm. bit, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, going to go bold here and say that they tie again. Oh, boy. That yeah. they tie again. Another hot, <laughs> another hot take from Okayla. I, I do think um, it definitely can be – anything can be done in the NFL. I do think they go to uh, Carolina and they do lose – to the Panthers next week. Like I said, that's a whole nother week from now. But Cam Newton, them got them at home, they're a pretty solid team, pretty solid defense. Uh, and they will be ready for the Bengals, unlike the Ravens were. Mm -hmm. And what was the other one you were asking me about? Ravens Broncos. Are they going to Denver for that? They're going one? in Baltimore this Okay, time. okay. So um it's all a matter of it. what are the Ravens gonna be this year? Are they gonna be that bounce back team? Or are they gonna be that team that loses and they keep losing like that and they keep struggling like that? They gotta bounce back strong. They gotta know they just got uh Our boy Alex has to play a lot better, yeah. especially especially now that he's getting the yeah. starting role yeah. with the Ravens. He's gotta run in the holes better. And and yeah, he still shows he still shows promise. Like I, I think of a lot of it so far, the reason he's gotten off to somewhat of a slow start is just a situational thing. You know, they didn't have to put him a lot, put him they, in a they, lot they for they the forty seven three. Away some carries with him with Buck yeah. Allen. Yeah. So it, it ate into him. So hopefully I I, I still think Denver's gonna pull out this one because yeah. I think this offense has improved under Case Keenum. So 
It's all it all for me. It all depends on that Ravens defense. If they show up the like they did, yes, closer, agreed. You know, with that natural grass in there, so it's going to be a good week for us. The next two weeks, we got one South Plantation mm-hmm. Paladin in. Now we're going to get one next week in the Jets and the Browns. That's next right. Week, Robbie, Robbie Anderson, our ex pan our ex uh, Paladin, ex Temple Owl. That's right. Jet. We're going to talk about the Jets in a little bit and. Uh, with your predictions on the Miami Dolphins. And that does our first segment. Ryan, way to hop on board. Thank Next you, up, man. we're going to do some college football predictions, talk a little Steelers uh, locker room turmoil with Le'Veon Bell's absence and Antonio Brown doing something really drastic on social media. <laughs> Stay tuned. Talk is Okalo. We'll be right back in a few seconds. Before we dive back into the conversation, here are the latest headlines in the round world of sports. Let's first start off in the NHL where a big trade went down with ex, that's right, ex-Senators Captain Eric Carlson, the two-time Norris Trophy defenseman, has been traded to the San Jose Sharks, ending the long summer saga. The reparations for his services include forward prospect to San Jose, Francis Perron, while the Senators get forwards Chris Tierney, Rudolph Barclares, defenseman Dylan DeMello, unsigned forward Joshua Norris, and two first-round picks in the 2019 and 2020 NHL draft, and a second-round pick in the 2019 draft, and two other conditional picks. In addition, a big one just blew up right now on Twitter as Detroit Red Wings captain Henrik Zetterberg calls it a career after 15 seasons. The Red Wings captain since 2013 has been dealing with a severe back condition and he was originally expected to miss the start of training camp into the regular season. Red Wings GM Ken Holland broke it to the media today, so congratulations to the Conn Smythe Trophy winner from a decade ago on an amazing NHL career, certainly Hall of Fame worthy. Moving on into the NFL for Ryan's Dolphins as two players are dealing with injury, one of them the biggest blow as Josh Sitton, their recently signed offensive guard this past offseason who signed a two-year deal, will miss the remainder of the season with a torn rotator cuff. Ryan, it definitely hurts you guys, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's a huge loss. You know, uh, experienced veteran on the O-line, huge loss, played with Aaron Rodgers, uh, and that's not going to be easy to recover from. We wish Josh Sitton, of course, the best in the speedy recovery. But you do get Devontae Parker, who's been dealing with a broken finger. He will play this Sunday for the Jets. So yes. that's at least something positive. Uh, yeah, well needed. Kenny Stills and uh, Amendola did their jobs last week, but we need that big wide receiver threat, and that's what uh, Devontae Parker brings to the Dolphins. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He's still day-to-day with the knee injury. How do you think Sunday he goes off um it may be, maybe taking a shot at Novocaine would help him. Yeah, he's, he's got that alpha male personality, Okalo. Uh, he has bad blood with the Vikings already. They're the ones who injured him last year. He's definitely playing in this game. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he doesn't care how his knee, as long as he can walk on his knee, he's playing in this game. I know there's a lot of onus on this game with, mm-hmm. the, with the Vikings coming to town, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins in the Packers-Vikings mm-hmm. legendary That's rivalry, right. so it's the first time ever, but... I mentioned on Wednesday that, you know, sit him, just get him healthy because you don't want it to be how it was last year, and then you guys missed the playoffs because of it. Very agreed. It is early in the season. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst idea to sit him. At the same time, though, I do think when you sit him, all your chances of winning go out, especially against a team like the Vikings. I really, truly believe. And when uh, you got Deshaun Kaiser as your yeah, quarterback. And Deshaun, <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser as the backup, uh, he's just not going to cut it for me. 
I still say if Aaron Rodgers wants to play, let him play. He's earned that right. He's been in the league long enough. I know they're trying to look out for his safety. Let him play. Um, he's that, like I said, he's that alpha male personality. He wants to play. Well, Aaron Rodgers, it'll be questionable. It'll be a 50-50 chance. One player that won't play this Sunday is Joey Bosa, dealing with a bone bruise injury after he got a second opinion. Devontae Freeman, Will Fuller, and Marquise Goodwin so far haven't practiced. Their status is up in the air. Fuller dealing with a hamstring and... Marquise Goodwin with a quad injury and Devontae Freeman with his knee injury. No update on C.J. Mosley, who last night left the Bengals-Ravens Thursday night contest in, in the early dealing with a knee injury. There's likely to be an update on him later in the day. How about this, Ryan? Marcus Peters was fined 13 k for his imitation of Marshawn Lynch's celebration from the wildcard game. Guess the crotch grab will be brutal on your paycheck. Yeah, you know. That's a doc. He did the little crotch grab, but I like it. You know, sometimes the NFL needs something like that. Was it appropriate? No. Uh, but the fact that Marshawn Lynch was on the other team, everybody knew what he was doing. I like <laughs> it. Sometimes things like that are good for the game. I know the parents don't like that, and, you know, with their kids watching. But, um, you know, it's just a little fun joke at Marshawn Lynch, a little jab. Yeah, it's just a little fun at the expense. Not the best one, but... It'll cost you a bit of their paycheck, but uh, for Marcus Peters, it was uh, well-earned. What an opening night that he had, and to cap it off with an interception return for a touchdown. Since they won, I don't think anybody cares. Speaking of a loss, how about a gain continuing in the West Coast? Congrats to Chargers running back Melvin Gordon. He was named the NFL Players Association Week 1 Community MVP, helping out the L.A. Meal Pack to feed insecure children, elderly, and the veterans. Yeah, uh, he's a really good player. I guess he's even a better guy uh, that... That's big time when you win an award like that. I'd be honored as a player if I won a community award, even more than a regular NFL award. A good player, good person. No, no doubt. Hopefully this will help maybe in his continuation for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And last but not least in the MLB, the Angels are set to give Mike Trout a contract that will likely last a lifetime. Joe Maurer and David Wright are set to call it a career, of course, Wright dealing with his uh, chronic injury. And Joe Maurer just hitting up there in age. More discussion later on in the show. Now let's get back to the conversation. We are back on Talk is Okalo. We just got past the Thursday night melee in the Queen City, of course, Joe Flacco, and then we already discussed that. We want to continue, of course, in the AFC North with the Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers. There's been a lot of locker room turmoil, first off with Le'Veon Bell's contract holdout, and then, of course, uh, Antonio Brown last night threatening the um, ESPN reporter, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. Ryan, the Le'Veon Bell situation. It's its definitely something that, as a Steelers mm -hmm. fan, that I cringe. There's been so many sides to the discussion. Even Hall of Fame quarterback, um, Pittsburgh great Terry Bradshaw, talked about it and said, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to win it with Le'Veon mm -hmm. Bell. Ben Roethlisberger says that one guy doesn't make the team. It's a team sport yeah. of the offensive line support. And then Le'Veon Bell spoke on um, – with Maurice Jones-Drew, and it was relayed on the Dave Damashek podcast show. If you didn't see on Twitter, he posted after the tie between between the Browns a emoji of a yes, monocle. Yes, I did see that. And, I, and a lot of players took offense to that, but Le'Veon has no ill will towards, towards him, towards uh, the Steelers. He's, of course, wanting to come back. He wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, for life, likely. And he was just thinking, and I was thinking of this too, that this would be something where he would get a new contract. Yeah. Maybe that this would be a discussion in the week. And now there's even concern from Le'Veon 
that when he comes back, the workload that the Steelers plan to give him. Let's make uh, a majority of this first off. I mean, t- talk to me about your reaction to some players uh, entering the fray in terms of the Le'Veon contract. Uh, well, it's it's a very touchy, touchy, touchy situation with Le'Veon. Uh, I really, I truly do see both sides. Le'Veon wants his money. Uh, the Steelers aren't really giving. You can't really knock a guy who's been that good for wanting his money. Uh, he does 100% make the Steelers better. The Super Bowl chances 100% go up when he is playing. Uh, then again, I see the teammates side uh, a little bit as well. I have to say he's still making a decent amount of money. I know he wants that long term uh, money. You know, he sees Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack getting it. So he wants it even Aaron more. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So so I get I get where he's coming from. He wants the money, too. At the same time, though, uh, it's not like he's making only five million dollars a year. OK, he's make he's making a good amount of money still. And his offensive linemen kind of have a point. They're making double, triple, you know, the amount he's making double and triple the amount they're making. Um, and he hasn't even said a word to it. So I don't think anybody truly knows uh, what is going to happen when he's returning. I really don't think anybody knows. It's a very touchy, touchy situation. Well, first off, I, I do see both sides. Not, first off, we know that he's not coming um, to play. Yeah, of course. In the home opener. Even though that James Conner put off a good performance, yeah. first off, Le'Veon Bell did show support. After all, mm-hmm. James Conner, congratulations, was named the FedEx Ground yeah. Player of the Week. Uh, but from hearing all sides of this, what do you think about Terry Bradshaw's comments about it? I mean, he did say that if you're going to win, you're going to win with Le'Veon I agree. Bell. And he said that was one of the worst games that I've seen from Big Ben, not only the interceptions. He just wasn't accurate at all. You have to wonder if the end is really closer for him than they thought. He, he he said, in addition, that even though it's just one game, which I think Big Ben was fine, he said that the players were distraction and the focus wasn't there. That was the main problem. Do you, What do you think of Terry's yeah, comments? Yeah, I, I agree. I, like I said, he 100% makes the Pittsburgh Steelers a better football team, uh, just what he brings to the table. Now, Big Ben, he's got to play better, too. He's getting older now. You know, people are starting to say, should he retire, this and that. He's got to play better. He's just, look, yeah, look, he's, look, make, look, he's I've making been a Steelers some very fan. errant throws. I, I, I've been a Steelers fan for a while, so I know how this goes. When he plays on the road, yeah. he's not the best quarterback. You get him at Heinz Field, especially this week with a air raid affair that I think is going to be in Kansas City. You, you expect that for a little bit. Cannot have three picks against the Browns. Though. Oh, Cannot. but it's, come on. Yeah. The Chiefs secondary, they're likely yeah. going to be without Eric, Eric Berry. Barry, yeah. But, I mean, I, I look at the Le'Veon situation as this. Le'Veon deserves to be, I think, one mm. of the top premier running backs. I How think old is he now? How old is he now? Le'Veon, I think he's around like 26, 20, 27. Yeah, he's, you know, he, I understand. For running backs, you know, they get to a certain age. And, and, and you know, the Steelers, they don't want to, you know, once you hit 30 as a running back, 26, you're 26. on the top shelf. Yeah. So, you know. He's, how ironic he's 26 and yeah. he wears number 26. So you could definitely have a good three, four-year deal, you know. Still. What I think might happen, which I think that the Steelers need to listen to me, Mark, and maybe some other fans who have this, I would do is I would split the contract in two. Give him a one-year deal and pay him a high incentive mm-hmm. and then gave him a, like, six-year, multi-year mm-hmm. deal where it, it extends into mm-hmm. where that he does get yeah. that pay. And at least with the one year fully guaranteed, and then they can pay him out the rest. So splitting the contract into two, you don't hurt the salary cap. And in addition, you you get both sides happy. I will tell you this much, Okalo. Uh, let's say James Conner keeps having the types of games he had in week one. I'm not saying it's going to happen every week, but if he right. keeps going off like that, uh, like he did in week one, they're not going to forget about Le'Veon Bell, but his case for more and more money it's not going to happen if James Connors keeps doing as good. Well, as I even mentioned, like Le'Veon even talked about if he does come back, which he hopes will be soon, 
is the amount of workload that he'll get. And I think with James Conner's impression that he's been getting off, and like I said, I loved him. I loved him at Pittsburgh. I know you sometimes have watched him when he was in the ACC with your Miami Hurricanes, how dominant he was. I think that they have a two-headed backfield where yep. they can give James Conner that, put Le'Veon in a flex situation. But I know Le'Veon, does Le'Veon want, want the that? ball. Does he want – yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't want that. You know, keep him healthy, yeah. of course, get him ready for the playoffs and, you know, make sure that he's ready for, for the right time. But like, but I completely agree with you. He does help the Steelers' dimension a lot, helping with their running game and helping them be a great Super Bowl contender. Yeah, very, very weird, odd situation in Pittsburgh. Uh, we just kind of have to wait out to see what happens because – Let's be honest. None of us truly know what's going to happen. We none know of us. Not playing none of us. We don't know when he's coming back or if he's going to come back. I heard uh, it'd be smart for him to come back before week ten, or else he's getting, you know, no money. I mean, he's fi- he's yeah. being fined. Yeah. He's being fined game checks. Yeah. You know, for mm-hmm. his uh, situation. So it really does, all in a sense, come down to that. So I'm really interested to see how it all comes together with the week. How. If it does. I mean, this is more different than, like, the Terrell Owens situation. I'm surprised there's no helicopters outside yeah. of Le'Veon's house. Or, like, back in my dad's day with Eric Dickerson when he held out yeah. for his deal. So Very awkward position for everybody. I, you know, I, I'm curious to know how much Le'Veon has really talked to his teammates and stuff. Because when he just didn't show up on that well, one I mean, day, well, they I mean, were the all The fact so that surprised. his teammates didn't support yeah. his back, I'm surprised they haven't gone to Steelers' management. You know, you know, but his offensive line with yeah. the criticism, it's just so much more locker room drama and usually drama that the Steelers don't deal with yeah. in, the, in the history of this franchise. Yep. Continuing on with the drama that the Steelers have continued, uh, definitely something bad for uh, wideout Antonio Brown as he sent a threatening tweet to an ESPN writer uh, last week. Brown became irate after ESPN's The Undefeated published a story that focused on the receiver and his use of social media. And that was to the threat to ESPN um, writer uh, Jesse Washington painting the picture of um, Brown seeing the title of the piece. Antonio Brown is an Instagram all pro, but is that the full picture? Antonio Brown tweeted out to Jesse Washington, wait till I see you, bro. We're going to see what your jaw like. Definitely yeah. something cringeworthy. He, of course, uh, apologized for his actions. In a statement to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I made a mistake in my judgment with my tweet last week, and I apologize for that. It's not okay to threaten anyone, yeah. and I need to be better spiritually and professionally, though I don't agree with the negative parts of the story about my personal life. Yeah. I have to better control over my actions to use social media as a way to engage my fan and rather than use it improperly. More controversy. Ryan, what yeah. do you think of the situation? Uh, it's you know this will go away in a couple of days, but not smart on Antonio Brown's case. You can't just be threatening reporters uh, like that. You, they're they're almost there to try and get under your skin. It feels like sometimes, but you just you, you can't you can't say something like that. Now on the other hand, I I agree with Antonio Brown. I don't think it was right for the reporter to say what he did. If you look at what if you watch Antonio Brown, you know better. You're right. He's an all pro receiver. Now look, especially with this day and age of social media and Twitter. And Instagram, you know, you have to build your brand, you know, and Antonio Brown is just one of the cool dudes out there using the platform in yeah, the right way. It's a new day and age. And um, I'm surprised this reporter doesn't understand that. But like I said, Antonio Brown, you know, he knows better. This will go away in a couple of days. Yeah. But, but, you know, do you think the NFL may rebuttal? Maybe the Steelers might have to find him a game check or maybe the NFL might have to step in. Do you think this is anywhere where the uh, NFL may that's kind of step tough. in? If they did step in, it would be the most minimum consequence you could think of. Uh, I really don't see them stepping in. He probably did everything he's supposed to. He apologized. I know he threatened somebody else. That's tough, though. If they do step in, it'll be a very minimal consequence, I will say. 
Uh, I think it was just, you know, Twitter. Who, we can't make too big of a deal over this. I know what he said, and it's really messy. You can't be threatening to knock someone's jaw off. But uh, right. there's no way this – That's no know. excuse. I could say a lot of criticisms to a lot of people who jive me on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to threaten them. It's just, exactly. it's just, it's just yeah. part of fuel. But, you, know, you, you just got to ignore it. He's definitely – I don't see him losing very much – getting fined for this, or at least if he does, it's not going to be that much. And he's definitely not losing any playing time for something like this. Well, switching gears from the Steelers, uh, let's continue on with the AFC North as well with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're playing the New Orleans Saints. They're going down to Cajun country in the good old New Orleans Superdome. And the big discussion all week just hasn't been about the game, the Browns, uh, not, of course, um, having a loss in their column. But the comment that he said to uh, Baker Mayfield, two things that he said, well, just recently now, his advice to him, you are a, just a sponge, soak in as much information as you can be. And then yesterday, of course, adding into the pregame, adding into the pregame dope during the week, how uh, Drew Brees said that Baker Mayfield could be better than him mm-hmm. um, when his career is over. And he sees Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield progressing. Some pretty bold statements from yeah. Drew Brees um, yeah. to the to the Heisman Trophy Winner, what do you make of his comments? Uh, yeah, that is a huge take by Drew Brees. Uh, to say he could be better than um, him, it's possible. Like I said, Baker Mayfield, he is. He does take in all that information. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Baker fan, so I do think he's going to. Oh no, no, I, I like Baker too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Even though he played for the Boomer Sooner, yeah. you know, my dad being a <laughs> yeah. Texas Longhorn, exactly. I just admit talent when I see talent. Yeah. It's time for your favorite segment, Sideline to Sideline, where me and my guest Ryan will, of course, talk the weirdest and interesting topics in sports. Ryan, how's this interesting? Michael Kendricks, the um, ex-Browns linebacker who was cut due to insider trading, believe it or not, a team actually did sign him, the Seahawks. And it's weird that the Seahawks are going to give him a chance to play, but he's going, he's pled guilty. And he's going to be in jail, um, sentenced uh, January 24th, 30 to 37 months in prison for federal guidelines. I mean, kind of weird, huh? Yeah, it, definitely an odd situation. I guess what the Seahawks are banking on here uh, is that he's not going to be in prison for that long. Maybe he gets out after a little bit of good behavior. You know, a lot of times they don't stay as long as they do, especially for something like this, if they have uh, good behavior. He is a decent player. He's a solid player. But that uh, weird inside yeah. trading stuff, that's yeah. definitely going to leave a black mark. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, solid player for the NFL, solid defense. It's not like he killed anybody. Uh, He he messed up big time with this insider trading stuff. But I think the biggest thing is the Seahawks are banking on him being back. Uh, You know, he'll be away for a little bit, but I think they think he's coming back soon. Well, I mean, it is a one-year deal, so Mm -hmm. it's nothing like on anything. Uh, We've been talking so much about Bengals, Ravens, so much today on this show. Uh, I want to end off with, hopefully, the last time we'll talk about them, with what Steve Smith said to Michael Irvin on the post-game show for it. Listen. Those other receivers you've given him, that helps him on the other end. Right, okay, right. I'll grade out to it. I got to have somebody to catch yeah. it. Last yeah. time I really had me one of those I trust you receivers, that was Anquan Bowe, and that was 2012, but I took it to the Super Bowl. Watch this play of Michael Crabtree right here. Most young receivers would try to high point this ball and go up and get it because that's what they tell them to go high point it. And yeah. That would have taken them out of bounds. Yeah. Michael Crabtree saw this. He measured that ball with what I call his seeing speed, his ability to tell where that ball is going. He yeah. knew with his body. That's what I call like, one of those big guys. Steve, you're bad. Why well, you standing up? You were bad, man. Because my knee hurt. You right? Hey, you got excited. You stand up. Oh, like, stand up. Oh, so you tell me that they had a 
Stuff. Uh, Steve's, you're not playing anymore. You're not disrespecting another quarter. You're disrespecting Hall of Famer Michael Irvin right there. Uh, yeah, just two guys being silly. Uh, both definitely Hall of Fame wide receivers. Uh, I got to say, my, uh, Michael Irvin was probably the better wide receiver. Uh, but just because he won the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> but Steve Smith got him there for sure with that comment. That was but fun. I just want to put a disclaimer for Steve Smith because me and Ryan, of course, went to a community college at BC. So, Not I mean, you, you, you disrespected an associate's degree now, Smith. I mean, come on, man. Okay, I mean, look, come on. Kayla, we have to be proud to go to BC because it is not a community college anymore. It's a university. Seahawks, Seahawks for life. Seahawks Nation, baby. Seahawks Nation. How about another uh, interesting thing? The MLB playoffs are coming up, and Migos just announced this little promo for it. How about let's hear what Migos posted out on Twitter. Are you ready? You know what time it is, right? Are you ready? Oh, is you ready? Ready? You say you ready? Oh, whole squad ready? Ready? Is you ready? Oh, are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Whole squad oh, yeah. We came here to see Jeff. What you got? I think I'm ready for the postseason. How about you? If that doesn't get you excited for the fall classic, I don't know what does. Hell yeah, I'm excited. Uh, MLB playoffs are always exciting, uh, and I'm ready to see what happens. Well, let's continue on. How about a little college football? Uh, despite the Thursday night game being the main attraction, how about the Davidson Wildcats football team? They posted out something big in FCS football this week. Look at that score. I know, people, you have to see Ryan's reaction to it. The 91. Davidson Wildcats scored 91 points. That's unheard of in any uh, part of football. They beat the Gopher Quakers 91 to 61. This is officially, That's I think, That's a basketball Ryan. score. Okay. That is. I mean, they've destroyed NCAA records. This is the highest scoring game in college football. I mean, th this is also another one of those, like, mini college games that puts up another big type of performance. Yeah, very interesting. What about um, the big uh, GGG uh, Canelo fight? Who do you have yes. for winning that huge, one? Huge, huge, huge fight, people. Uh, Canelo, I believe, is going to win it. I think Triple G is a little older. Uh, he's been running from Canelo for a while. Canelo is like a, he's a counter fighter. Uh, Triple G has those really long arms, but I think Canelo comes out on top. Yeah, it's just a little bit interesting. And then before we leave laugh on sideline to sideline, I was just looking at this uh, pick, Kawhi Leonard, of course, getting ready um, for his new 
look in terms of the Toronto Raptor. He was That's working right. out, of course, with the Black Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant. And I was just reading this on Bleacher Report. They mentioned how big his hands is. Yeah, of course. I've never seen Kawhi Leonard's oh, hands. Oh, man, he's had... And those hands are just so freaking huge. Yeah, his, his hands have been... He Ever since he came to the league, everybody started talking about how big his hands were. Uh, that's part of the reason why he's able to be so good at defense. <laughs> man, being able to block balls like that, I mean, shoot, you know... Hopefully, I see Kawhi Leonard having a good start um, um, with his new Raptors. Hopefully, maybe. He needs to understand this is good for basketball yeah. with him in the Eastern Conference. He, he might surprise himself. Uh, he might end up liking it in Toronto. Who knows? We'll, we'll have and to he see. got Drake right around the corner, yeah. so so um, why not? So And, of course, uh, LeBron's just loving Nike right now. He sounded off on their record-breaking stop closing yesterday. And he says, well, I mean, we're guess we're off. I mean, Nike, they've been yeah. they've been the topic of conversation oh, yeah. all week this week. Top dogs. Of course, Colin Con Kaepernick, there's just so much. But, mm -hmm. you know, I always rep, I always write checks, man. So, like I got on my Jordans right now, you got to always rep checks. Am I right? That's right. Okay, Lo definitely has the, uh, the fresh Jordans on. Gray 11 lows, to be precise. And I love me some sneakers. And I'd love to talk about a little basketball right now. Here we go. We are back on Talk is Okalo after sideline to sideline. We're going to switch gears a little bit um, to the NBA, of course. Um, with basketball season just nearing around the corner, it'll be very soon. We see, we see LeBron in a Laker uniform. We see Kawhi in a Raptors uniform and so much more. But one player that we're going to miss for the start of the season and maybe just for Most a few likely, weeks yeah. is Russell Westbrook. Uh, reported on Wednesday that he underwent arthroscopic knee surgery, so he's likely to miss a few games um, for the Thunder. Ryan, how does this affect the Thunder, do you think, starting off of the 2018 season? Uh, I think it definitely does. I'm curious to see how much. Now, I'll put it like this. He's, he's going to be 30, right. okay? He's had knee surgeries before, and he still managed to be the most explosive player in the NBA at the most explosive level. You know, this is the most explosive level of basketball, uh, and with all these knee surgeries, he's still been able to. So I'm curious to see if adding on another one is going to affect him. I was watching uh, First Things First with Nick Wright and Chris Carter, and Nick said something about, like, he thinks he expects Russ to be slower, not only with this surgery, but, of course, the, the fact that he's 30. Yes. But I don't see Russ slowing down. And the thing is, guys, it's just a cleaning out of the knee. He's yeah. just draining he's, out he's some He's cleaning fluid. it out, exactly. Why, why are everybody putting this panic button on him? Now, I will say this. Of course, now Paul George will have to now carry the show. You know, and it's going to be tough. And I believe he can for a little bit. I think he's so too, but I mean, being the first game of the season, going to Golden State, you know Russ would, lo would love oh, to course. fight, to play, of course, with KD getting that second ring and just and just the animosity. You of know. course. I still think Russ has it in him enough to win a championship. You know, I don't know if it's an OKC. I want to say so. You know, it's weird, again, for yeah. me to talk that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Russ. Like uh, Mm -hmm. And like I said, he's actually had these knee injuries before. And, you know, people say the same thing. He's not going to come back the same, blah, blah, blah. He's came back just as good, as good if not better, uh, every time he has it. Now, it's it's a little different. Like I said, he's turning 30. So that's the main thing with me. Uh, he's going to be 30 years old. We'll see how this affects him. Hopefully it doesn't. Um, and I think the Thunder will still be okay this year. Um, I don't think this is going to really affect their season that much on based on what they do. Uh I don't see them beating the Warriors. I see them being a middle-of-the-pack team. 
I still see them maybe within the, the top four. Top four, yeah. I would say top four for sure. Of course, you have Minnesota, uh, now with the Lakers, uh, with, of course, uh, LeBron being there. And, of mm-hmm. course, Houston still there. You know, they will have some competition, of course, with Minnesota in there. So uh, it is tough. And to reiterate what you said, it is just a little cleaner. I think people are taking this way too seriously. It's just a little cleanup of the knee. It's not. It's nothing crazy. I mean, you're just treating fluid yeah. or arthroscopic. It's different. Well, with the games that he's projected to miss, at least around, I want to say, at least um, early to mid-November, looking at their opponents that they have to play, like the Warriors, the the Celtics early on, uh, the Clippers, the Wizards, um, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and at least around that time to maybe where I see him projecting coming back around this time when they play the Warriors again, Mm -hmm. this time again in uh, Oracle Arena. How do you think that the Thunder play it out based on the schedule that you see right in front of uh, the glorious laptop? Uh, if Paul George plays to the potential, I know he has. Uh, you got a lot of people forget Paul George uh, can be a superstar in this league. He probably he still pretty much is. Um, he's going to have to really take over here while Russell Westbrook is out, uh, and I really think he can. They're not going to be you know first seed without Russell Westbrook, but I think uh, Paul George can hold him afloat. Put them up in the conference, good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I want to say at least around a six. To fifth seed yeah. start, maybe seven, maybe a little bit lower seven, than that. Yeah. You know, I think this is, will be my time for my Denver Nuggets to try to make up that climb. Yes, because uh, I see them going to the playoffs for sure. Both oh. the Thunder mm-hmm. and the Nuggets, especially with the Nuggets with their offseason. But that'll be a um, story for another time when we get into our NBA yes. preseason, uh, preseason preview. Switching gears, uh, baseball. As I mentioned, of course, the MLB postseason is. Uh, getting into effect, my Yankees, of course, soon are about to be there. I also want to shout out Rickerson again for the tweet that he posted out. The Red Sox uh, did clinch a playoff berth. They were one of the teams to reach 100 wins uh, this year. They're not going to maybe catch up to the Seattle Mariners no, record. It, it'll be tough to, to do it unless they can pull off another win streak. But uh, in terms of um, that with the postseason, two guys is – Careers are coming to a close. One, of course, David Wright, who's been battling up and down right. with the chronic injury that he's been dealing with. And then Joe Maurer has been hinting at the retirement. Baseball, of course, Ryan, when you and I were in elementary, middle school, these were, if not two of the best players um, in baseball, Joe Maurer and David Wright. It's sad to see mm-hmm. these two guys' career close out. One, of course, Joe Maurer not being prolific mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. David Wright dealing with his mm-hmm. injuries. Yeah, I will say, uh, growing up, you know, I'm a huge Marlon fan. Even though he was on the Mets, David Wright was one of my favorite players. Uh, he could literally do it all. Uh, he had every skill set you needed, and he was just one of the most solid guys in the MLB. Injuries always uh, affected him. He's almost like the Derrick Rose of the MLB, I like to say. Right. Um, and he, his team's never been that good. And Joe Mauer, same thing. Joe Mauer wasn't that much injured, First I would say. You know, twins. always you know, put really up the stats. That mm-hmm. franchise, you know, yeah. Got it to where it was in the, in the mid-2000s. Yeah. You know, three-time uh, Golden Glove. Winner, he was the AL MVP back in 09. So, you know, yeah. it's really sad. I, I really was surprised at the trade deadline mm-hmm. that he didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not set in stone yet that but he he's did, the, but he's considering it. You know, it's different because one, their career was affected from injuries, and Joe Maurer, he always put up the numbers, he was always consistent, but his team was just never the best. Right. Uh, I mean, but David Wright could have really been something. Always seemed to not be yeah. their best. So, um, it definitely is interesting um, today, but of course, uh, for David Wright, even though I'm a Yankees fan as well, not particularly too uh, happy about the Mets, but I do admit something. So, Mr. Wright, my hat's off to you with the final weeks of the playoffs coming through. 
Uh, I wish you nothing but the best um, in your retirement. You put up a good career. Do you see maybe both of them getting into the Hall of Fame if they do retire? It's going to be tough. I see uh, David Wright is just as good as Joe Maurer, if not better, as, as far as a baseball player. Uh, but the injuries really hurt him a lot. It's going to be hard for them to really put – he had great averages, great numbers his whole career, but he was injured so much. And, I mean, uh, you're talking about two positions they yeah, played. David Wright yeah, was a third baseman. Yeah, Joe Maurer was a first baseman. Yeah, and a catcher at one point. But yeah. – uh, but I, I do see Joe Maurer getting in, honestly, because he was able to stay pretty healthy his whole career. I mean, yeah, I mean for, for, for David Wright, yeah. he had an average um, at 296 at yeah. bat. He had uh, over, close to 1,000 home runs, 949 for his career. It's going to be hard to not put both of them in the Hall of Fame, but I could see why. Do you think if because they, they didn't win the World Series? Uh, not even that. They, did, they never didn't have much playoff success either, both these guys. I mean, they they were just good of, players. and yeah, stop a lot of guys from getting Exactly, the exactly. That's why I'm big. The main thing with me is uh, I'm concerned if they do keep David Wright out for a little bit, it would be because of his injuries and he wasn't available to play a lot. Um, right, and of course, um, his only chancery to get to win the World Series, of course, was three years yeah. ago uh, when the Mets played. And the he was injured almost that whole season as well. So there you go. Got in for that little yeah. uh, mini run. But, exactly. Um, it, it, it was what it was until then. But, um, but like I said, it's just the same two great players that we, we were accustomed to young growing up. Baseball isn't the same, but I still love to watch it whenever yeah. I get the chance. I'm looking forward, of course, to my Yankees with the chase for number 28 this year. Um, I, I just can't wait to see the playoffs. I'm not sure if Migos maybe helped you get interested, uh, Ryan, but uh, you, you thinking about watching the uh, Fall Classic come come time uh, we reach uh, October? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in all, all that. Uh, it's, a, it's a tradition. Yeah, it's a tradition. you have to. It's, it's the one time a year where at least America will pay attention yeah. to baseball, of course, yeah. for the race for the World Series pennant. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully yeah. this will be my time for the Yankees. If not, I'd love to see maybe the Astros go tough, back to back. Very, it's going to be very tough this year. All the, For me, it depends on um, how Aaron, you know, this sounds cliche, but Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stan. They got to be the. They got to get healthy, but I think yeah. with the with the addition of Andrew McCutcheon, from yeah, the that's Giants big time. And my dad's, and my big dad's time. Pittsburgh Pirates adds to that hitting core. Of course, they have Didi Gregorius. My concern, more or less, is just the pitching. Yeah, you know, because it, it has been iffy well, with Sonny Gray, Machiato, Severno, Pena, and he, you know, you know CC Sabathia. It hasn't been as projected, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll talk a little more baseball uh, near the end, and of course, with my August recap mm -hmm. episode. Next on my show, we got What the What, where we'll look back at some players in fantasy football that's, that disappointed you guys in week one with stealing away touchdowns that could have got your points. And up next, we'll talk college football and NFL predictions for week number two and three. Stay tuned. We'll be back now. Here comes What the What! Yep, that's just a little sound of my favorite segment and my brand new one for all fantasy owners called What the What, of course, help from the amazing world of gumball. Me and Ryan are going to look back at some guys uh, in week number one that should have helped you uh, win and make you get the points to win, but it was these guys that eked away your touchdowns. Ryan, let's start off first uh, with the late game, the Cowboys and the Panthers. First, on first and goal, you expect Cam Newton to give it to Christian McCaffrey. Instead, he gives it to Alex Arma? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
You're gonna get a little bit of that this year with the Panthers. Not only, not just by McCaffrey. Uh, expect C.J. Anderson uh, to take some to touches. To eke away, away the touchdowns. I'm sorry to any fantasy owners that helps no one. But you look at your roster and go, what the what? That definitely hurts from fantasy <laughs> rosters. To the Chargers and Chiefs game, I want to continue with this one. How about right here when you expect Patrick Mahomes to get Kareem Hunt a touchdown? It's not Spencer Ware. It's fullback Anthony Sherman on the one-yard line. Definitely helps if you have Patrick Mahomes, but it doesn't help because he's a fullback and it hurts your team. Ryan, are you surprised at all? No, not really. And it wasn't Spencer Ware this time, but it will be a lot. Uh, I, not a lot, I would say, but he's definitely going to take away some touches from Kareem Hunt this all year. All the little chicks with the crimson lips go, that helps no money. Wonder <laughs> Woman with her willowing lasso goes, what the what? Continuing on in the San Diego game, Melvin Gordon was supposed to get a touchdown, but it was eked away by Austin Eckler. Expect this all year long. Melvin Gordon's still gonna be that bell cow back, but I promise you Austin Eckler will continue to steal points from Melvin Gordon. Again, it's just one of those face palms in fantasy that make you go, what the what? Are you serious? Absolutely the freak. How about the early game, Buccaneers Saints, when you expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to get Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans another touchdown. Instead, he gets it to Chris Godwin, the second-year man from Penn State. I expected him to be a sleeper, but not a lot of fantasy owners started him. He was only started in only 3% of NFL.com leagues and only 2% in ESPN. Yeah, you'll, you'll see that a little bit this year. I mean, obviously, uh, he's not going to be able to throw every touchdown pass to Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. So there's always going to be a couple touchdowns. Uh, that don't go their way, but I still majority see them racking up most of the yardage and touchdown. Yep, it's definitely a shame right there. Chris Godwin, I knew he was a budding number two. The Buccaneers wanted to make a number two. I think he's worth a flex now, but if he keeps up this momentum, maybe you keep him up. To Buffalo and ball, uh, the Bills, of course. Uh, the Ravens last week before the Thursday night meltdown. Definitely played well. They demolished the Bills, but that was just like, of course, Miami playing Savannah State. This time, Alex was supposed to get his second touchdown. It was Kenneth Dixon out of nowhere. Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah, I think this one was just more the setting of the game. The Ravens were already winning by so much. They didn't have most of the starters, and they didn't need to give the ball to Alex Collins that much. Uh, they put a couple Kenneth of the backs Dixon up. Kenneth Dixon got a majority of the, the catches, so yeah. and it's this, a shame. This was by the time they were already up 30, so I don't really count this one as... Uh, I, do see, I do see Buck Allen uh, stealing a lot of touches. We'll from get Alex to him Collins. actually for week two, but continuing on with the game, how about Willie Sneed and John Brown stealing away some touchdowns that could have been Michael Crabtree's? Yeah, and I wouldn't even know if I would call this. I went in expecting that to be a, like a shared committee. I'm not sure Michael Crabtree's the superstar go-to wide receiver, uh, so I'm not surprised by that at all. How about when Aaron Rodgers in the Packer game, he decided to come back late to KO the Bears off the canvas. No pain pills needed, hopping off of one leg, giving it the good old bunny hop, and he throws a touchdown where you think it goes to Devontae Adams for yeah. number two, or the ghost of Jordy Nelson, it's Geronimo Allison. Yeah, and uh, you'll see that a, a little bit this year. It's a deep threat for him. He, Aaron Rodgers is another guy who could spread it around, so expect uh, Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. They're not going to get every point uh, for you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is very good at spreading it around. Yep, definitely sure. And then my last for what the what, let's go to Thursday night's game, Bengals and Ravens again. Alex Collins was supposed to get you a touchdown, but they eat them away for Buck Allen. You will continue to see this this year. It's all situational. Uh, Alex Collins did get most of the yards on that drive. 
Buck Allen came in for the touch. You will continue to see stuff like that with the Ravens. Well, ladies and gentlemen, of course, hopefully they won't do this again to you. But it's always like that in fantasy. You're going to have some. You're going to have um, some of your touchdowns, but then they're going to be eked away by guys that you probably will, won't even add one bit in the season. That has been what the what in fantasy football. Gumball, take it away, please. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end part of our show. College football, NFL picks this weekend, in addition to some fantasy advice uh, last minute me and Ryan want to give to you guys. Of course, make sure that the fun doesn't stop there. Of course, if you want to tweet maybe Ryan any questions about today's show, or if you want to tweet me just in general, we'd love to hear what you guys think about today's show. Make sure you follow us at Talk is okay. well, Ryan, give him your Twitter handle. Uh, my Twitter handle is at RyanMarcus6. Feel free to ask me any questions. I will be able to answer them. Not a problem. It, it was great to have you on the show, Ryan. I can't wait to wrap up this no segment. No problem, man. Appreciate um, it. With, of course, some of the big games this weekend. We're going to primarily focus, of course, uh, with, the, with college football and the NFL for our week. Two NFL picks and week three college football picks. Of course, I just wanted a real quick... Let's not forget about the MLB because the postseason's almost near. Two big games that are going to happen um, today, starting off with the Astros and the Diamondbacks at Minute Maid Park, and then beginning the series with the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Of course, the Dodgers fighting for that NL West title, but in addition, maybe fighting for that wild card spot with the Cardinals. Um, any maybe predictions for, I think, the two highlighted games of this weekend in the MLB? Yeah, I think the Astros, uh, you know, they're they're always going to be at the top of the mix. I think they'll be right back close to where they were last they year. They got yeah. Justin Verlander, Dallas Keuchel. Mm -hmm. You know, the Diamondbacks, they have Zach Greinke. They have um, some great power hitting there, too. Mm -hmm. So you can't complain there. And then Dodgers-Cardinals, it doesn't mm -hmm. get any original than that little rivalry there. Manny Machado there and company. Dodgers want to be in the playoffs. This is a, They need to win these type of games. I, I have actually the Cardinals winning this one. You know, the Dodgers, I think, will make a good push. I think it'll be a two-to-one series that'll go into the Cardinals. They'll split some games for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see about that. But how about let's see about these college football games. Of course, uh, before we get started, um, like I mentioned on Wednesday's episode uh, with Hurricane Florence, I hope each and every one of you out there in the Carolinas and Virginias are safe. Stay and safe. That, you know, your your homes aren't uh, pernearly damaged, of course, uh, with the storm hitting. Some of the games are going to get back on um, um, this weekend because of the of the hurricane. But if so, we're going to predict them when they do get played and uh, with it. So without further ado, let's get to some college picks, Ryan, this week. I want to first start off with the main, well, some of the major games. Oklahoma, Iowa State. This is Oklahoma's first debut in conference play mm -hmm. against the Cyclones. Kyler Murray, he's been playing yep. – uh, very well. He's a draft pick now for the Oakland Athletics and ninth overall pick. I, do you see Boomer Sooner taking it, or do you see Iowa State maybe pulling off the upset? You know, being fifth ranked, these are games you have to win. I will say, though, Iowa State is a very, very tough place. Last year, uh, they gave them yes, a run for their money. Yes. That they upset them. Uh, yeah, uh, and didn't Ohio State or Iowa State beat Ohio State last year? I, it was actually the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hawkeyes. Yeah, they but upset. Iowa State upset at Oklahoma and almost pushed them out yeah. of the playoff. Iowa State will be a tough matchup, but if you're gonna, if you want to be named fifth ranked in uh, the nation, these are games you have to win. But it will be a tough matchup. It's we a very hard place to play. I'm, I'm going to pick Oklahoma, um, 
Like I'm I said, gonna, I expect I'm him go to win. Upset round two. Wow, hot take. Yeah, I, okay. I, I really think I think Kyler Murray plays well, but this is a different environment. That Iowa State defense is no yeah. joke. They're definitely going to play hard. Uh, they're going to play fast. They're going to come. It's going to be, I think, a, a, another high scoring type affair. But expected to come down yeah. to the last play of the game. Yeah, is my expectation. I want to go to a Notre Dame game. They're playing an SEC team, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Don't sleep on Vanderbilt. They now. didn't they, look they bad. Have a, one. They have a defense. They they have a, a good quarterback in Kyle Shermer, of course, the son of Giants head coach Pat Shermer. They got they got a good defense enough. They have some NFL talent caliber. Do you see maybe Vanderbilt pulling off the upset, or do you think uh, no, continue it? I don't, especially in Notre Dame. Uh, same thing I was saying about Oklahoma. If you're gonna be a good team, a good ranked team. These are the type of games you have to win. Easy, easy check off the yeah, mark. I see Notre Dame winning it. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, uh, but I don't see it coming down to the wire either. These are games Notre Dame is supposed to win. It's I'm going to say it's going to be a 31 to maybe a 20 or something like that. Maybe yeah. 20 type game. It'll be yeah. one of those games. Notre Dame will have control most of the game, I believe. How about um, outside of the big matchup, but maybe a quiet game that doesn't get ranked mm-hmm. as much. The newly ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys playing the Boise State Broncos and good old Boone Pickens yeah. Stadium. Who do we got, Ryan? To be honest, this one could be a toss-up with me. Uh, they're both solid teams. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State just it's in Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, it's that's a tough, another tough place to go play. Uh, this one truly is a toss-up. I'm just going to go with Oklahoma State. I've been to Boone Pickens Stadium before. I was accepted Oklahoma State. I went there for nice. a visit. I love it there. And especially I love their quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Solid. Solid produce. This will be a real first test for the for the um, for the Cowboys. That's right. You know, in black and orange before they get into conference play. Mm-hmm. So I expect this to be the game that will hopefully rise up the quietness mm-hmm. that is Mike Gundy and that amazing mm-hmm. BYU Oregon. I mean BYU Wisconsin. My bad. Uh, Wisconsin's got to handle business here. BYU. I'm going to be honest. They're not that good. Wisconsin is sixth ranked ranked in the nation. They're playing in Wisconsin. This might be a 30, 40 point blowout to me. Well, yeah, I think I think so, too. I mean, Jonathan Taylor there, Alex Hornerbrook, he's going to put up a decent stat line I'm excited about. How about the game of the week, in my opinion, in the SEC, and I think overall two of the highest-ranked teams in college football right now, the Battle of the Tigers at Jordan-Hare, mm-hmm. Auburn, LSU. Mike goes LSU, I go Auburn. Ryan, who do you go? Big, big game at the very end of the day. I am going to pick Auburn. Yes! LSU is a very good team this year. It's a strip tease, yeah. and I know definitely being a Hurricanes fan that you're still Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Auburn, but uh, I do think Auburn is slightly the better team. They're just, you know, they have a higher recruiting class. They're more of a powerhouse. And Auburn is no joke. Jared you don't want to go play Stidham. there. Yeah. That's enough said for me to get it weird. But what, how do you think the game will play out? Do you think it'll be a Very, high scoring no, affair? Or do you think no. it'll be a, a close I see, um, I see a 17, 14, a 20 to 17 type of game. Yes. Not crazy I amount say, of I'm going to go with the prediction that I that went down last year when these, I mean, two years ago when these two teams played. I'm going to go 18, 13. It came down to yeah. the field goals two mm-hmm. years ago at Jordan Hare. And it, as everybody knows, this was the last game less mild. So yeah. on the sidelines for so I'm going to expect both of, that. Both of these teams have elite defenses. Uh, it's going to be a close one. I pick Auburn. Late game at Oxford, Alabama, Ole Miss. A lot of experts have been seeing yeah. a little bit of an upset because Ole Miss has done it before a few years back, yep. uh, two years, and then, of course, That's in 2016, right. it came down to the wire. And then last year with Ole Miss dealing with what they dealt with, of course, it was a blowout. Do you maybe see the, the Rebels pulling off an upset and maybe getting back into the rankings of college? Uh, to be honest, I fully expect Alabama to win this game, but 
I wouldn't in nowhere be surprised. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's the real deal. But I um I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss kept this close and kept this thing interesting. They've 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 known to done do that before. Not only with Alabama, even when Tim Tebow. Uh, was number one ranked. They took him down. So they've done this type of thing before. They like to play the spoiling role. You know, there hasn't been a lot of talk about Jordan Tomu, you know, who who came over from Ole Miss from the community college um, in East Mississippi. I really like this quarterback. I like this kid. He plays very well. So it could be a battle of the Hawaii in this one. So I'm expecting a good, at least air raid show. I especially expect Ole Miss to put out more competitive. Their defense looks better. So I can't wait to see. And, you know, when it's all said and done, though, uh, you know, hope maybe they will keep it close, but at the end I of the day, I have to go Ole Miss because you're as picking Ole Miss over Alabama. I'm gonna go okay, for the Pena, You're picking Ole Miss over Alabama. Look, I you're know crazy. that this is not the national championship, but you know, Ryan, I don't like the tide. I don't like Nick Saban. But you can't. You can't. I want my Georgia Bulldogs to, okay, to have the lead. You can't make a biased pick, though. Come on, let's be real. Oh, Alabama, they are literally men amongst boys out there. I'll, uh, I'll I don't say this. I'll say this. Unless they they stop with this juggernaut and put their trust in Tua, and if they're going to get in Jalen Hurts in certain situations, I don't see how this is because I still feel like they're playing by how I predicted they would when I was with Jack, how they're playing with Habs. Maybe we'll have to make a little side bet off there, okay? Let's we'll, talk to we'll, me. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe discuss it. I'll DM you or something like that. How about um, the game that college game day will be going to, TCU at home against the Ohio State Buckeyes, the last game before Urban Meyer returns to the sidelines. It's ironic, though, because Urban Meyer is allowed to coach the team yes. and practice. So uh, I don't know about that one. I'm going to go upset again, and I wish Upsets I had. Upsets all over the place. I, huh? And I'm going to go. Lee, I wish Lee Corso had um, the TCU uh, mascot head because I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs of of upstate Texas in there. I want TCU to win. I'm not really a fan of Ohio State anymore with this decision oh. and everything. So they, I, I'll admit they have a great quarterback there. I expect this to be a competitive game yeah. for sure. And I, I think I have this as a double overtime mm-hmm. game. And I agree. I think it is going to be a competitive, uh, pretty close game. Uh, I do think Ohio State's roster, just recruiting, they have more talented and bigger, better players. TCU I am going is used to yeah. doing this. I know they, yeah. they always like to do this. I'm still going to pick Ohio teams. State to win, though. I still I know TCU. I think it's going to be a close game. It's in TCU. It's going to be a very tough place to come and get a win. Uh, but if Ohio State is as good as they're, you know, they say they are, and they look they look good these past couple weeks, uh, they should be able to take care of business even here. I know this is a tough team, but they should be able to take care of business. All right. Well, I want to go back real quick up, of course, with the Carolinas and the Virginias dealing with the hurricane. Um, depending on what time this game will be, West Virginia, North Carolina State. This is a tough one because NC State has been a quiet sleeper team. Do you maybe see Willie Greer putting up another Heisman Trophy day? Because I see actually NC State pulling off the upset again with this talented defense if this game does get played. I've been watching this Greer guy since he was at Florida, and I've been saying this whole time uh, how good he is. Uh, and it's not just because his brother Nash is, of no. course, a, a YouTube celebrity. Is it? <laughs> no. This guy, Greer, can throw the ball. Uh, he will be in the NFL pretty soon. I, I can promise you that much. Uh, NC State, though, very tough place to play. If I was going to pick an upset, if I was going to pick an upset, okay, though, it would be this game. Um, like I said, I hate putting my money against Greer. He's a solid quarterback, but let's see what NC State can do. I mean, this is the school that produced Bradley Chubb, yeah. so I'm expecting big things. The last three games um, that I'll be home for, for sure, the rematch of the Natty and last year's amazing finisher that put Sam Darnold uh, top and made me even love him even more than the Rose Bowl. USC, Texas in Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium. 
Is this the game that Texas get yes. back on track yes. or USC? Texas wins. Dad, Book it. Dad, I'm gonna go this for you because you know you're a Texas Longhorn and Texas you know, I love and, I, and I'm divided because you know growing up USC was a school that I wanted to go mm-hmm. to and that I'd love to uh, be a part of. Hopefully, I'll go there for my masters. But God uh, <sighs> help me. I gotta go Texas. Texas. This, this is for game. this is for you, Dad, because you know I still believe in Tom Herman uh, turning around the ship. It's definitely not fun, of course, losing to Maryland again. But I- I'm looking forward to this one. Washington, Utah, the Pac-12 games. I usually stay up late night for these ones. Ryan, who are you going for? Washington needs to win this game. I think they will win this game. Uh, it it's comes tough to- at Rice yeah. and Clee Stadium. Oh, yeah. It came down to the wire la- last time these two teams yeah. played. Utah is it's a madhouse in Utah, but. Uh, there's too much there's there's it comes a point where there's just one team has better talent than another. Now that team might not always win. They might not always win, but uh I think Washington takes this one. I, I'm I'm gonna and They go can't Washington. afford to lose again. They they can't they because cannot. this is gonna hurt them. You know, are they gonna win the Pac twelve this year? Well, it, it definitely depends on this game. I really thought if they had beaten Auburn that they would just cakewalk through and it would make a good onus for them to be in the college football playoff, but they cannot afford to lose this game. This if is they I lose think they this, I say, I, I, I say that they're out in terms of maybe yeah. a New Year's Six berth. I still have them maybe going to a New Year's Six for sure. Uh, Arizona State and San Diego State. This one, Herm Edwards got a big one over the Spartans last week. He's so far proving impressive there. He's looking very well as a college coach. It's been a while since he last roamed the sideline uh, professionally with the Chiefs, but you think you you expect the Herm Edwards to shake it on down and continue up that <laughs> magic against the Aztecs? Uh, Arizona State looks good. They look solid. Uh, Herm Edwards knows what he's doing. They, they beat San Diego State. Um, I'll, I'll go Arizona State on this one. I, I, I know San Diego State is like one of those teams that you can't really as well sleep on as well. They're, they're somewhat of a powerhouse there, but I, I feel something there mm-hmm. that Herm Edwards is producing. Yes, and, of course, then next week uh, he has to own up to that with, of course, last year with Washington uh, beating Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean um, Arizona State beating Washington last year. Mm-hmm. So I expect something. I like their quarterback, Manny Wilkins. He had a great game against uh, mm-hmm. Michigan State. Even though it wasn't a full points blowout, I mean, he did have 380 yards, a touchdown. They got uh, good receivers in Nikhil Harry. So I expect a good one there. So we got our upsets in. We're going to go NFL predictions up next. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the last segment on, on Talk is Okalo, our NFL uh, predictions. And then, of course, last shot where I will discuss a major topic in the wide world of sports. Of course, I wanted to mention this from the episode of Real Sports I watched back in August about NFL and women in cheerleaders, which I'll get to in just a moment. I'm almost about to be done with uh, Ryan. It, it's first off, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I'm glad that you that you came on, and we're gonna wrap up hopefully with um, hopefully this time where I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm one and zero to start off the week, so I'm feeling pretty good um, about week two. Hopefully, it will as well be a bounce back for me in fantasy football. We got NFL contests a slur, so. I don't want to waste any time. Let's get into the predictions. I want to first start off with your team, the Miami Dolphins. Impressive return for Ryan Tannehill from his first game action in two years. And now he travels up to the Met Olands to face the uh, USC Phenom, the unbelievable new redheaded rifle wearing number 14, this time in green and white, the New York Jets. Of course, it's a rivalry game. It it never gets easy when these two teams play. Ryan, I guess... um, 
it's an obvious question, but you're obviously going for the Dolphins, right? Of course. Of course. Uh, I, yeah, Sam Darnold, uh, he looks really good. He's going to be the real deal for sure. We have to go New York uh, to play these guys. Uh, of course, I'm going to say I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. Um, we had that long eight-hour game. The Jets had an easy blowout game against the Lions. We're going to be ready to play. We're going to come and get that win in New York. Go Dolphins. Well, Ryan, you say go Dolphins, but I, I got to stick to my guns. And, you know, I last it's I keep contradicting myself because I love Sam Darnold. So I'm going to say he gets his first win it, at home at MetLife Stadium. I, I got to go with Fireman Ed in Jet Nation. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Ooh. And and I got to owe up to Sam when I go to work. I got to make sure to wear that Jets jersey um, that, that I made a bet with him on this one. I'm not going to make a bet on this one. But how about let's uh, make maybe a side bet on Kansas City, Pittsburgh. My Steelers, of course, having a tie coming into this one, facing the new Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs. I say that Pittsburgh puts it out on this one. I think it's going to be a 38-35 to 35 contest. It's going to be a points palooza if the weather cooperates. Ben Roethlisberger's at home. He's going to play well, and I expect Patrick Mahomes to do the same. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh comes out with the win for me on this one, too. Patrick Mahomes, he's still a young rookie quarterback. He looked good last week. Uh, I don't see him going to Pittsburgh and grabbing this win, especially after the Pittsburgh Steelers just tied with the Cleveland Browns. I think they come out here with something to prove. Yep, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be eaten alive by Heinz Field and the terrible towel. So here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Ah, ah. How about um, if Aaron Rodgers plays Green Bay, Minnesota, of course, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of onus on this game as well, um, being that was the team that injured him last season. And, of course, this will be a contest, one of two, to see who wins the NFC North. Who do you have, Kirk Cousins, the new million-dollar man getting this one, or the Packers uh, regaining the North? Well, I'll put it to you like this. To me, it's pretty simple just because I'm such a big Aaron Rodgers fan. This might come off a little biased. Uh, if he plays – I pick Packers. If he doesn't play, they might get blown out by the Vikings. Simple as that. Well, I think Kirk Cousins gets the first one over him. You know, Kirk Cousins does has a good uh, record over Aaron Rodgers. He's one and one. Not easy to come play in Lambeau. Not easy. But you know what? I he he's playing up in Minnesota. You know, um, their stadium is just as loud as the Packers. They're you know being in Skull Nation. I, I got to go with Kirk Cousins. I, I love see, I, I, I love I, Captain Kirk and Kirk. I trust. I believe that Aaron Rodgers smells blood. He's uh, the Vikings injured him last year. If he plays, I, Green Bay will win. Carolina, Atlanta, um, the Panthers 1-0. The Falcons are at home. Who do you got? Uh, this one's going to be close for me. This one's a really close one. Now, if Atlanta looks uh, like they did last week, uh, the Panthers will definitely win this game. Panthers didn't look too hot either. But um, Falcons being at home, I'm going to edge towards them a little bit. They need this win more than the Panthers do their own one. They cannot afford to go down 0-2. I'm going to edge with the Falcons. We'll be close, though. At Matt Ryan, I trust at home. I don't trust him in fantasy, but I still think the Falcons get it done. Josh Allen, he gets his first start at home um, at Ralph Wilson Stadium playing the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Do you think Josh Allen pulls it off um, in week two, or do you think that the Chargers get the done? No, I don't think he pulls it off. Uh, Chargers will win this game. I think the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to be honest, are that bad this year. Uh, I don't think Josh They're Allen— They're going to regret yes. the Tyrod yeah. Taylor trade. I don't think Josh Allen's that bad. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be a complete bust. He's definitely not ready yet. Uh, I think Chargers harassed him all game, and I think they get a pretty decent-sized win. Yeah, I agree, too. I, I think the Chargers, their defense is going to look like they, they are. It's going to hurt not having Joey Bosa, but I Won't expect matter. it to, to still be at least somewhat of a tight game, um, maybe a late rally by the Bills late in the half um, around that time. 
Continuing on, Cleveland at New Orleans. The Browns come into the Superdome with a tie. Do you see the Browns getting their first win in close to two years? Uh, no way. There's no way, especially New Orleans being 0-1, they allow themselves to lose this game in New Orleans. Drew Brees is not going to lose at home again uh, like he just did to the Bucks and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, there's no way Cleveland comes into New Orleans and wins this game. I still think you're going to see at least a good game from Tyrod Taylor for sure. With, with how awful that New Orleans defense looked, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But and, I, and it's so weird because they were once upon a time the top 10 defense in the NFL, and now they've digressed yeah. back to, to this weird form. But no I'll, way, go with, I'll go with the Saints as well. No way the Browns win this game. I, I can't see it happening. The world champion Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A strict tease, do you think, by Ryan Fitzpatrick, or do you think he, he puts off Fitzmagic again at home against the world champions? Yeah, uh, much different defense this time. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Uh, it's the it's the battle of the backups with Nick Foles and Ryan Fitzpatrick playing each other. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Both uh, The Eagles did not look too hot last week, even though they, they won. didn't. They, they really didn't. didn't. But uh, this this is not that crappy Saints defense, okay? This is a whole new animal, uh, right. and they're going to be coming after Ryan's Fitz magic, right. if you want to say. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz magic will abracadabra disappoint you <laughs> in week two. And for any fantasy owner that grabbed him, you're going to be sorely mistaken. I have him as a sit. Texans. Titans, the battle in the Music City of the two 0-1 teams. Is Marcus Mariota playing okay, though? He's likely to play. Okay. Um, I know that. Of course, Derrick Henry was pissed off that he didn't get any of his touches. I think Deshaun Watson bounces back in this game. It's Titan week, and Marcus Mariota doesn't have a good history against the um, Texans. He just got his first yeah. win against them last year, but that was with a battered yeah. and bemused um, Texans team. Yeah, uh, Titans are very banged up as well. They just lost to Laney Walker for the season. Uh I think the Texans come in here and they win this game in Tennessee. They're just a better overall Deshaun football Watson team. to have a bounce back game for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're a better overall football team for sure. Colts, Redskins, Alex Smith gets his home debut in, Fed- in FedEx Field. Andrew Luck uh, goes up to Maryland. Who do you think gets the edge on this one? Uh, you know, the ideal person would probably pick the Redskins because it's in Washington and stuff. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, I think Andrew Luck gets this win. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. Andrew Luck will come into Washington. He'll be able to control the game. People forget how good Andrew Luck really is. Uh, he gets his first win in over who God knows how long. Yeah, it's been almost nearly two years as well that he's last played a football game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Redskins on this one. Which is ideal. I'm just, you which know. Which is ideal. Look, I'll say this. I was going to say Indianapolis because, I mean, Alex Smith does have one against Alex Smith being that, that he beat them in the playoffs back five years ago. Um, with that amazing comeback that he had when Ellis Smith was the quarterback for the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, but I, I just feel like it's the Colts' defense. They're going to give up holes to Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, mm-hmm. and then, of course, Alex Smith having a good connection with Jordan Reed, his Travis Kelsey. So I expect that yeah. one. Uh, Rams-Cardinals, do you think Sam Bradford maybe might get may get some revenge on the Rams? I'm going to say that that's the one thing I was going to say. Uh, I expect the Rams to win this game, definitely. I, I think the Rams they, do. They might, they, they might just blow the Cardinals out. I'm not sure 100%, but uh, the only thing I could see, the only reason it would be a little close is if Sam Bradford really plays lights out because he wants that revenge against his old team. But I fully expect the Rams to win this game. The battle of the coaches who were highly promised but turned out pitifully on Monday night. Matt Patricia and his Detroit Lions travel up to San Francisco to play the 49ers. And John Gruden will go to the Mile High City to face Case Keenum and the new look Broncos. 
Let's start off in Levi Stadium. Matt Patricia, disappointing effort. Who do you who do you think prevails to avoid going on to? Uh, 49ers will win this game. It's in San Fran. And the Lions looked that bad. I don't think they will have it figured out in time. Matt Patricia does not look like he knows what he's doing out there. I'm going to be completely honest. Did you see the meme on Twitter with him after that missed field goal by Matt Prater? What where, he, where he was just standing there just like, yeah, that's I saw just like, it, like, it, it, like you could just play a record scratch and yeah. be like, uh, hi, my name is Patrick Patricia. I'm the head coach of the Lions. He, How did my life get up to this? He's got to prove to me that he knows what he's doing before I can pick. The 49ers win this game. Uh, they didn't play a terrible game against the Vikings in Minnesota last but week. But Jimmy G, yeah, he, he suffered his first loss. All yeah. the smack he was talking this off. I like Jimmy G. I, 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 I think 49ers win this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go San Francisco, too, with this one. It's just, to me, Matt Patricia, there's been just a lot of criticism of him. It's like, it, does he fall in line with the with the bad history of Belichick mm-hmm. assistance? Or he does he rise to the top? I, I, I really don't. I think he's still qualified enough to be a head coach. He hasn't shown me it yet. He hasn't shown you yet. I still think so. I'm still going to pull out for him because, you know, I, I want to mm-hmm. believe that the curse of Bobby Lane is over and the Lions are not mediocre, mm-hmm. but... I don't want them to be back. I know Jack is definitely Mm -hmm. um, bringing in tears. How about in Denver, John Gruden and the Rays Mm -hmm. traveling up to the Broncos place? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Broncos on this one. I think Case Keenum continues to put it up. I think the Raiders are still having trouble getting Mm -hmm. over. Even though Martavis Bryant is there, I don't know how much that's going to add up. Yeah, uh, very tough place to play in Denver. That's always a tough place to win. I will say this, unlike Matt Patricia, uh, John Gruden, even though they looked awful, gets a little bit more respect. He's proven he can win at this level before. Do you think it's rust from the booth that he split with Mike Tirico and Sean McDonough? Uh, it could be a little bit, but also I think people just got to look at the Raiders roster. They're not that good. Their roster's not that and good. And I mean, losing Khalil yeah. Matt hurts for yeah, sure. Yeah, of, of course. But so, but I think you got to, you know, I'm not ready to jump on the panic wagon yet for John Gruden. If they You're not lose, ready to hit that panic button. Yeah. Yet. If they do look bad in this game though, I will be on that. Uh, panic Cause I, level. Cause I had them really winning the AFC West just if they got Khalil Mack back in the training camp. I don't know really what to say. Derek Carr look lost. John Green has been making a lot of uh, pregame dope as well, um, criticizing uh, Derek Carr a little bit. So I don't know what this one for sure. I see. I see. Um, I see Denver winning this one as well. It's just you know it's a tough place to play in Denver. Oakland, they got some things. But let me tell you this. I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland won this game. For some reason, really? I have a funny feeling. But I do see Denver winning at the very end of the day if I had to put my money on it. But I would not be surprised if Oakland won this game. AFC Championship rematch. Jaguars, Patriots, and good old Duval County. Who do you got on this one, Ryan? Oh, this is a tough one. I want to watch this one. Uh, the Jag- I'm going to be watching this Yes, one. the Jaguars, they smell blood. Uh, Jacksonville does. Oh, this one's tough. Uh I'm. I'm just gonna go with Tom Brady. I can't. I can't. Oh, I, I got to. That's got very to. sadist of you as a Dolphins fan. I don't. What? I don't care that it's in Jacksonville. Uh, the Patriots. I know they. They win this game. They win this game. I know. In our preseason special, when I was with Jack and Brandon, Brandon was just eating it up. Probably on Sunday, Coach Cole, Anthony. I'm calling you guys out because I'm gonna go with the upset on this one and go the Jaguars because it's in Duval County. Tom Brady doesn't play well in South Florida when it's the heat. Of course, you know this being a Dolphins fan, so I expect him to go up in Jacksonville and put up a dud. Jaguars get it done and I will go to work very happy not having Roberto and my one of my managers, KJ, laugh at me. Don't get me wrong. I don't care if the Patriots I want the Patriots to lose. I just don't think they will. Sunday night football, Cowboys Giants, the battle of the 0-1s. Who avoids going 0-2 in this affair? Uh, the Giants, I think, will win this game. The Giants. Saquon! 
The man. Cowboys, they got a lot of problems man. now, the Cowboys. Go! <laughs> Go! Saquon Barkley. Everybody's putting the panic button on Eli Manning, but I'm tell but it's just Pat Shermer knows what to do with him. It's just one game, people. Cowboys Stop. are in trouble. The, di- the Giants they don't, have a better They don't defense. have a good running. Uh, I mean, they don't have a good passing game. Dat Prescott throwing to Cole Beasley. Allen Hearns. Yeah, nothing. Giants have a better defense than people think. Okay. Better wideouts, mind you, as well. Yeah, and so oh, and one team has Odell Beckham and the other doesn't, by the way. Yeah, where, where's your where's your Odell and Dez? Uh, you, you should have probably uh, kept them around, Dallas. Uh, Jerry Jones, you sure you making Texas happy? And then, of course, the Monday night game to finish it all off. Of course, I'm loving this announced team. I think Jason Witten got a little tips from Tony Romo to make himself a good broadcaster. So I'm expecting a good call of the game. But who are you expecting to come out between the Bears and the Seahawks? Uh, should be a competitive, good game. I'm going to go with experience here. Russell uh, Wilson Ooh. comes in here and wins this game. I don't care how good Chicago – well, how bad they looked in the second half. Russell Wilson comes out here and comes into Chicago and wins this game. Experience over uh, youth. You know what? I'm going to go for the upset on this one. I think Matt Nagy – you know, this Bears defense is certainly coming back to the monsters oh, yeah. of the midway 100%. of old. You get Jordan Howard, the football – it, it is like I said, I'm not a fan of Mitchell Trubisky, but I still expect him to put up what similar or at least to as what Case Keenum put up. Uh, I'm going to go with Chicago on this one. I trust in the Bears and I trust in Khalil Mack continuing off the impressive uh, payment that he's been well earned. I'm going to go on a limb. Ryan, of course, um, before we end off here, uh, fantasy football, of course, I already listed out my starts and sits. I'm not off to a good start uh, making fans believe Andy Dalton <laughs> would sit. So I'm going to make up for it on this one, and I'm going to go with a sleeper that can help you if you're having still quarterback problems. I'm going to say as a sleeper, you start Case Keenum against the Rays yeah, on this one. And I'll say this, a guy that you're going to sit – this week is Dak Prescott. Yeah. And I'm going to be right with this one. I know I am, Ryan. And hopefully... Um, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. Well, I mean, you've heard my starting list so, sit so far. Is there any guy that maybe you disagree with? Or is there any guy... My sleeper of the week is Brandon Marshall on the Seattle Seahawks. Oh! He has something to prove. Doug Baldwin is still hurt. He's going to have to step up on Monday night. He will. Brandon Marshall, sleeper of the week. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you, too, there. I think um, the Bears secondary still has some questions. If Will Fuller, uh, I mean, if Kyle Fuller drops another interception, it'll yeah, definitely geez. be um, not, not a much of, of a Darty situation. That was terrible. There's a reason he's on defense. Bold yeah. fantasy predictions for week number two. Bold fantasy predictions, you Anything, said? Anything, go, go big or go home, Ryan. Who do, who do you have? I had the Brandon Marshall one. Uh, let me think. Okay, Odell Beckham, he will have 170 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, so I don't know if will, that's will that he finish, bold, Will he finish in the top – will he finish as the best receiver on Sunday? Or do you think he'll, he'll be in the top five? Top, top three. I'm not top sure three? about the – I don't know if that's a bold prediction, but I think Odell Beckham's going to go off against the Cowboys. I'm going to stick to what I tweeted out and what I started my guns. My top three fantasy quarterbacks this week and in order, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins – Philip Rivers. I have another bold prediction. Uh, Ryan's fi- Ryan Fitz- Fitzpatrick goes from throwing four touchdowns to throwing four picks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll even go for a prediction on this one. I say Matt Burita. He finishes top three in the running backs. He was my sleeper wow. pick this week. Wow. I mean, Isaiah Crowell ran rough shot over that Lions defense. And 
I expect him to. I expect even Isaiah Crowell to finish in the top three in terms of fantasy running backs wow. this week. I have him as a start this week. He's making me eat a lot of my words. So Isaiah Crowell, if you're listening, uh, if you have anybody that knows talk is okay, Lo, I'm sorry that I called you a wasted signing. You've proven me wrong so far. I can expect you to keep it up. I'm going to even go one last bold prediction. Sam Darnold finishes in the top 10 in fantasy quarterbacks this week. I'm going to disagree with that just because the Dolphins are going to win. And for the Dolphins to win, they're going to have to be all over Sam Darnold. Uh, I think Sam Darnold has a tougher day than he did in his debut. I think uh, I think the Dolphins get in his face and rattle him around a little bit. Another, I have one more bold prediction, okay, Lo, Then I'm. Last one. Like I said, I think the Colts are going to win. Andrew Luck's going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Good, good prediction. I'm going to say uh, one last thing, non-fantasy-wise, as a big poll prediction. I'm going to say, wait for it now, Jimmy Garoppolo throws 400 yards against the Lions. Wow. I'm going big with this one. That's big time, yeah. I'm going big with this one. Well, they look, the Lions look bad enough. Anything's possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see with how it was. That was it, Ryan. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. me, man. No problem. Hopefully that these uh, these little bets and stuff, hopefully I'm going to get off to the right track. And, and thanks for giving me my money. <laughs> Not a problem, but hey, maybe I'll get that $20 back when uh, Georgia <laughs> plays Alabama in the SEC yeah, championship we'll game. If they get there, we'll see. Or, or if they get to the natty. <laughs> 38 years will be over, and I'll be in Athens hopefully in January to celebrate Congrats. that again. Uh, um, hey man, I'm hoping for it. Let's just see how this all works out. Final shot is coming up next. And thank you guys, Ryan, once again, last shot in a few seconds. Finally, today on Last Shot, I wanted to discuss, of course, women in sports. They've made a lot of conversation this week, of course, with the Seattle Storm winning the NBA WNBA championship, and then Serena Williams and the U.S. Open situation. Overall, women in sports haven't gotten much of the respect that they deserve, but I'm really proud and happy to say how much women have made an impact on sports in general and according to the ratings in television. Women in sports, of course, have had a primary different role with now even it being open to a lot of chambers in terms of the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL. Recently, the Jets, of course, having a first ever female assistant coach to the staff and the San Antonio Spurs having one, too. Women in sports have always produced something important, and it's good to see that the sexist roles have changed a little bit. In this new era that we're living in in, with empowerment and rights, it's really happy to see women in sports get their just due and be a part of the conversation and be role models to, to other athletes as well. In terms of recently what I watched on Real Sports about NFL cheerleaders, once upon a time not being paid zero dollars to being paid even worse than minimum wage to now about cheerleaders being eye candy. Once upon a time, I used to believe that cheerleaders were just sideshow attractions just to get off at uh, men in terms of the distraction of the game. But I still look at cheerleading as still as an important part of the game. It still is not only just a good attraction, but it is a form of art. And I think that Men in terms of sports are also looking at this as no longer something to be objectified. Congrats again to the Seattle Storm in the WNBA Finals, and congrats to all the players that did it. You certainly have been playing impressively well enough, and I congrats to you on your success, and of course, just Serena Williams and the game in general. I'm proud that, that women in sports have gotten their fair justice and continue to make an impact and a legacy. It's not a male-dominated sport, a male-dominated world after all. 
It seems, though, that the women have their part in this in this patriarchal society. And I look forward to this continuing in many more in terms of our sports. And that does our show for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Talk is Okalo. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to all my listeners. We've officially reached 97 total plays and have increased our listenership to 11 listeners per episode. I want to thank you guys so much for the support. Let's keep this going. Follow me on Twitter at Talk is Okalo and at The Dreamer Okay. We'll make sure to tune back in, of course, on Monday with our week two NFL recap, our college football recap. In addition, some NBA, NFL, and maybe a little bit of Premier League in there too. And hopefully Ryan can come back onto the show and enjoy it. Ryan, of course, was sitting back enjoying Last Shot. Ryan, what did you think of it? Uh, It was really fun being here. I've never done anything like this, but I had a blast. I hope I can uh, come back on. And uh, yeah, I, I like talking about sports. No problem. Like I said, guys, it's been an amazing doing this show. Make sure you like, make sure you even subscribe to the podcast as well. And let's get these listenership up. I'm about make, make sure even as well, other than asking the hashtag ask. Okay. I mean, okay. Ask, make sure you guys also download anchor. It's a great app and you can also put in your voice memo. Give me some applauses as well. And I'd love to hear back from you guys in terms of today's episode. Maybe is there anything that we miss or was there anything um, maybe that me and Ryan should have mentioned in the episode again, that's it for today. Your hostess with the mostest, the Ayatollah of sports and Mora signing off. Peace out. Huh.